There's a lot of VO podcasts out there sharing a lot of insight and knowledge. But on another VO podcast, you get to hear from three guys who are accountability partners and who all have a different story of how their VO careers came together. Do they have all the answers? Probably not. But between the three of them, they've made all the mistakes you don't want to make. And hey, they're really nice guys. Well, pretty much. Here's Jake, Alden, and Troy with another VO podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to another VO podcast. My name is Charles Coates, aka Charles the Voice, and I am honored and lucky to be here with Troy Holden, Jake Sanders, and Alden Schoenberg. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, Troy. Hey. What up? What's up? Good to have you. Yeah, Evan Charles, Charles it's good to have you. And real quick, before we get into anything, I just want to say uh, congrats on your uh, recent job that you just posted. I know this is probably going to be airing a couple weeks after, but if you're in any of the Facebook groups, Charles was the voice of a trailer for the Velveteen Rabbit premiering on Apple Plus on November 22nd. That How cool so is cool. that, dude? That is so that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. What would, like, so can you tell us, like, did, how and where did you book that job? Um, they actually found me uh, from a website. Like and, your website? Yeah, from my website, www.charlesthevoice.com. So they were just surfing the net, saw your website, listened to your voice, listened to some samples, and then hit you up and were like, yo, we want to use you for this. That's pretty much how it happened. Didn't even have to audition, really. Didn't even have to. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't have to audition. She hired okay. me directly. That's amazing. Here, but here's the, here's I have the more odd questions. part. Here's the odd part. They wanted a British accent. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. And I don't have any samples with a British accent. So <laughs> I don't know. Now that I even, now that I think about it even more, it's even more weird. I know because I watched it and I'm like he's got he's yeah. using a British accent, which wasn't bad. It was just just enough, you know, to fit with the with the mm-hmm. whole uh flavor the of the promo. Are but, you guys seeing that more and more? In some of these audition postings that they want, they, they're still calling it a Mid-Atlantic, but they, what they're saying is we don't want to know. We don't want to be able to tell where you're from, if you're from America or Britain, or we don't want to be able to tell. How can you not tell if someone's British? It's, it's, t- it's tough. There was, there was one today that was like, um, they want a European accent, but it's non-des- nondescript or something like that. Can't really tell where it's from. And the only time I've ever heard an example of that was JMC. JMC did an example of one and it's kind of like this slash between mid-Atlantic and it sounds like Paul Strickwerda to me. Maybe. Kinda. But it was it's like there was one today that was for a lot of money and I was like I'm not even going to go for it because right, yeah. it's it's not even going to be anything that they're looking for for sure. I always feel like that when I read the mid-Atlantic it makes me think of Cary Grant. And how he talks so proper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. It that's freaks true. me out. But still, I'm that's cool. by that. <laughs> that's really cool how that happened, man, that they they, they literally found you on your website. And yeah. and that for anyone listening, I mean, like, make website, make make getting a website in your in your priority list because it's a place for you to post your samples, your demos, recent works, any kind of like you know, awards if you have those, anything like that. Just because you never know who's going to come across your website and be like, you know what? I want to hit them up. And most importantly, make it stupid easy for people Mm -hmm. to contact you. 
Stupid mm-hmm. easy. Whether that, that means SEO you have your email up. posted on every page, whether you have an actual contact form for people to fill out, make sure they can get a hold of you for that exact reason. Yep. Nice. You know what? Yep. Now, now that you had mentioned that, um, I know where they could have heard a lot of British accent from me because I have all my links to my socials on my website. There you and go. they didn't you have that live stream to when you talk in a British accent when you take your shower every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's right. You can catch kid. Charles live streaming from the shower. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Shoulders morning. enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I have links to all my socials and like SoundCloud, TikTok, this and that and the other thing. And they might have, they might not have said, hey, I went to your website, found you on your website, went to this and clicked on this. It's just so I found you on your website. So yeah. That's, that's yeah. probably because be. there's no. Did British, you ask them any no more British. than that or was that enough for you? Is it? No. Once they told me the the price, I was like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, I'll, I'll do it now. And they already sent the check, which is nuts. That is awesome. Yeah. 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 Still waiting My, uh, two invoices from early October that haven't been paid yet. So. Well, my, my daughter called me yesterday and she said, hey, I'm pretty sure I heard you on 104.5 in Nashville. It was a Pfizer commercial for Zyndamax. I said, yeah, that's me. I have not been paid the session fee yet. And that was a SAG after job done over 90 days ago. You haven't late been paid fees. anything yet. They got some late fees yeah. coming to you. So, yeah, they said I'd get a late fee with it. They they told me, and it's on the way, but I have no idea what the usage is, is going to pay on it. But it's just, it's it's funny how a lot of that, they get in a hurry, they get it done, they get it out, and then, oh, crap, we haven't paid yeah. yet. Oh, pay yeah, we, oh, yeah, the guy that you did know, that we're work last. for it. Yeah, like, yeah, we're always last. We're last in the production phase. We're last in the payment phase. They're not worried about us. And they're we're last in the no. You, ne- yeah. you, it's like no, like you do the job or you audition or whatever, and it takes forever for you to find out anything. Yeah, and that's happen. the downside. You are that's like chasing so down stuff that you've done, trying to get it because it was a really good spot, you know. And and I've got two that I cannot get my hands on. I have mm. tried and tried and tried, and they I can't get a response. I can't get anything. I had a spot air during the Dove Awards. I, I didn't watch the Dove Awards. I wasn't home. I couldn't watch it. I guess I can watch a replay if it has commercials, but I can't <sighs> get it. And then a lot of people sent me the, uh, the uh, John Snyder thing I did, and that was great. It was great to get that. But I did Toby Keith's. I love this bar out in Oklahoma, and I can't get a copy of that. I've oh, his bar up it. at the casino? Yeah, I'd love to have a copy of that because it's such a fit for what I do, and it would be great in my portfolio to put on my website. Have you tried looking it up, like on YouTube or nothing? I've looked everywhere. YouTube, iSpot.tv. Yeah, I mean, everywhere. Because I have a couple of those. Like, I have the Evan Williams Apple spot that they did with uh, Major League Baseball. Yep. And, like, I I can't get it for the life of me. And I can't get a Jiffy Lube spot that was a, a, a commercial. I can't find it. But, yeah. I mean, it's it's, hard. it's already out there. But then go to your nearest Jiffy Lube and demand that yeah. they call home <laughs> office. Well, if you can't get the production company or whoever did it yep. to get it to you or get you a link or something, it seems like it's impossible. And, and, and speaking of all that, it's a great segue into what some of the stuff we we're going to talk about today is some of the 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 deals about being in this business being Mm -hmm. in vo business and how you know all these quandaries you can get into and all these questions you know all these different things that can happen Mm -hmm. you know there's so many 
this is not like running uh, a Jiffy Lube. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Jiffy Lube, and it's not like running a restaurant or anything. This is can be so variable because everybody does things a different way. So it's there's so many things going on. I mean, crazy, crazy out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think that. I mean, everybody's doing stuff different ways, and you know, there's there's. There's so many different CRMs and there's people like, I want to do this manually. And someone's like, you have to use a CRM. Someone's like, I like typing out all my emails. Someone's like, I do everything automatically. Some people are like, go, go to this coach, go to that coach. Well, I have five coaches. Well, I only do one coach, you know, and it's, it's, it's crazy how many different, I don't know, recipes there are for success. Sure. Sure. Um, And they all, they all can work. Yeah. And they all make great meals, but it's just some it's, ways work for these people and some ways work for those people. Yeah. It's what works for each individual mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Like, um, you know, you were talking about, uh, CRMs and whatever, but one of the things that I, I look at is, is invoicing. And I don't know how you guys deal with your stuff mainstream, but I think I've got about five different avenues I have to monitor for invoicing. I've got waves, I've got PayPal. I've got some people who just send you a payment and you don't know how it's coming. Some want ACH. I've got, what's that one? Bill.com. I've got that one. And I think there's one more that I've got. There's a couple more. Yeah. And I know I have to use Venmo, PayPal, Zelle. You know, it's, it's something all the time. How, how do you keep up with who, you know, and, and asking Charles, how do you keep up? Mm-hmm. with having all these different streams coming and where they're coming from, do you keep a list of somewhere like an open ledger of what's owed and you don't mark it off till they pay and how they pay or what do you do? Um, so actually uh, what's helped me was uh, Brad Highland. Um, he has uh, kind of his spreadsheet that he shared with mm-hmm. me on just tracking his, just tracking his um, clients and kind of what they owed, what was done how they're going to pay this and that. And I use that structure and it works for me. I always have it open. Um, I'm always constantly saving it just in case I don't, (laughs) something (laughs) happens. And then like, I didn't save it for the last four and I got to go back. Um, But like I put on there, like uh, the client's name, what their position is. Uh, Basically, you know, it's, I use a spreadsheet. I don't use, I don't use the CRM, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't use a CRM to do that. Um, but I put notes in the end and I color code stuff. If it's red, that means it hasn't been paid. If, and, and I have, I mean, it even puts it in there, like how much was owed. And if it went through a platform like PayPal or something like that, it, I have a cell that has a formula in the column that pulls out, um, what the total is that I was paid and what the original amount was supposed to be. So, because all those are platform fees that I can take off on taxes, right? That, you know, that I'm getting charged to you know, use their service. Um, so on that real quick, like, couldn't you just like subtract that already and then just, you know, input as far as taxes go, the actual amount? Like, is there any can, benefit to do doing it, it that way, way or the other way? Yeah. Um, I probably could just calculate it and put that number in there, but I just like having a column that has, let's say that, let's say it was a hundred dollars and the PayPal fee was $9 and, or $6 and 25, 27 cents. Right. Mm-hmm. If I if it says a hundred dollars, what was the project? Uh, and then 
PayPal will send me, you know, whenever they pay, PayPal will say, you received $93.27 or whatever. And then once I put that 93.27 in there, it puts what the difference was, what that uh, that was the processing fee. And then I just have a whole column and I could just highlight that column. It gives me the total and I could do it per month or per year or per quarter, something like that. Because yeah. I think if I calculated it myself, I'd probably make a mistake. <laughs> so yeah, but what what you're there. saying, Jake, is right because you're saying I only take what I got net paid. Yeah. And I track mine that way. Um, and then at the end of the year, you know, PayPal will send you a thing at the end of the year saying there was this much that they paid out. And then there was also this much in fees. So they will give you that. Yeah. They'll I give know you, you can go look it up if you well. want, but they'll yeah. send hmm. that to you. Okay. Yeah. And I just try to make sure that what I, what I put in is net matched up with what mm-hmm. they said was net. And yeah. it usually does, or it's so close at my account. It says, don't worry about it. It's close enough. Right. Well, but, I was yeah, going to say to add to that, cause you were, I know you asked Charles, but, um, as far as like keeping track of stuff, I mean, like if it's not coming through an agency or like a pay to play, which mostly the pay to play voice, you know, voices.com, they'll pay you through their sure pay way. And I've not had to worry about being paid through the platform on one, two, three, but pretty much everyone I've worked with outside of those parameters, I've always just sent them my PayPal invoice. Now, whether they want to pay me through PayPal, like I have had bill.com, I have had through ACH or whatever, Mm -hmm. but what the thing is, the thing is, is even if you send an invoice through PayPal, they can pay separately again through those methods. And then you can go back in there and mark them paid and make a note for yourself. Like how did they pay? When did they pay? So that's what I've been doing. And it's been pretty simple. And I don't, yeah, I have, I have Brad's spreadsheet too. I just have not used it. And I'm not saying, and it's, and a lot of it's because I'm scared to use Excel. I never outside of BCIS is what we called it in Texas. Uh, I've never really like messed with Excel a whole lot and Mm -hmm. I don't want to jack that up. I may try it next year, but right now, I mean, just using the PayPal system and, and being able to make the notes that I can make. You know, and that's and what's just, great about Waves. Waves, similar to PayPal, it's going to charge you a small fee, but they take MasterCard, Visa, ACH, whatever. And then if you get a manual check in the mail, then you can just go in and manually put in there. Yep. Well, it's actually you pull up a box saying it, it was paid and you check, was it by check? What account did you put it in? Whatever. Yeah. I think Waves is fantastic because it's free. And it does a great job, has customized invoices with your logo on it. I mean, you can't beat it. Mm-mm. And I do have a handful of people that want a PayPal invoice because they pay on PayPal. Right. Yeah. I don't and that's think, fine and if I, they I, do. Yeah. And I haven't used, I don't guess I've had anybody take a PayPal invoice and pay some other way. But I, as Jake said, I know you could do that. But mm-hmm. usually, like if even, you know, the, um, voice one, two, three, you know, people on there that were billing direct, I use wave and it works pretty well. I yeah. will say if they do pay another way, it's up to you to, to mark everything correctly. Yeah. Like the, the, yeah. And that is the thing. I think whatever you do, um, the more automated it is probably the better. Like mine is super manual, right? Yeah. Just because I want to make sure that I'm looking and putting stuff in, into the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I use uh, FreshBooks for, for all my billing and That's what I use and I have it and I have in my notes section, whenever I send an invoice out, it says, these are the ways you can pay me. You can pay yep. ACH, you can pay with, you can click on the link and pay with a credit card. Um, you know, and there's a fee with that. 
uh, and or you could pay this with PayPal. This is my PayPal ID. Uh, this is my Venmo, whatever. Um, and then I also put on there because this is the part that gets me is I put on there in the notes. I say payment is due upon receipt uh, if you're net 30 or payment will not be paid upon receipt. Please shoot me a quick email uh, to let me know when payment will be made just so that I know. So that red, that, that line in my spreadsheet, that's been red for two months now, it's like, well, I, I don't know what's happening. Like I'm, I'm I don't want to keep sending emails being like, Hey, it's been like two weeks. Hey, it's been a month. Hey, it's been yeah. two months. You know, it's like, if I know, and they tell me, and a lot of people will shoot me an email and they'll say, Hey, we're going to, uh, we'll get this over and we'll send it over by next Tuesday or by next week. Um, and you know, maybe that's on my, you know, something on my uh, fault of not getting those clear payment guidelines and discussed before the job starts. But man, that's, that's tough sometimes, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's always awkward, like bringing up payment. And I mean, I, I feel the same way. Like I am, I'm definitely someone like, I, I just haven't had the gall yet to be like, yo, so is payment going to be paid on receipt? <laughs> what I typically do on my receipts, like on my, on my receipts, on my invoices, I give them 30 days right now. But sometimes it's like, that's a long time, you know? And yeah. I've got one that's outstanding right now that was due on the 12th based on when my thing was due on my, when my invoice was due. It was due on October 12th. And I reached out a week after I said, hey, we're a week late. And she's like, I don't show. It's like, I didn't realize we were a week late. And plus, we just like finalized the thing on the 16th. And I'm like, well, we didn't discuss that. And she's like, well, I've given your invoice to the accounting people and they'll, you know, I'll, they'll pay it. And they haven't paid it yet. And I'm, I'm coming up on almost, you know, two months that I've sent the thing. And so I'm about to have to reach out and be like, they yo. Like, when they get paid. That's, yeah. that's a lot of them. Yeah. I've run into that a few times to I mean, where. And some of them will tell you that up front. And, and, uh, you know, here's a, a good example because poor, <laughs> poor Alden, um, uh, he's helping me with an insurance project. <laughs> and, and I told him, I said, they, they pay good. They pay quickly. Usually, you know, after I bill them, I turn everything in, they approve it and I bill them usually within two weeks they pay, you know? So I said, it, you know, I asked him up front, is it okay that I pay you when they pay me? I could pay him before then, you know, it, it wouldn't break me. But the thing is, everybody thinks about cash flow and this and that. And, yeah, you know, yeah. why would I do that? Because, yeah, I got to pay him. I got to pay the guy that's doing the Spanish VO. You know, I've got a couple other things going on with this project. And, you know, it's just that. So, and I've been told by, you know, I think agents are the slowest because the stuff lingers on for a while because they have us come in and we record, you know, on the first of the month. And then it's going to the production house and they get it done and they get approval and they get this and this and this, and they finally get it out at the end of the month. And then it's 30 days from there. So it's usually 60 days right. on your agents and stuff. And, you know, people that aren't used to that, they get their first agent job, you get antsy, but what do you not want to do? You don't want to be calling up your contact at the agency saying, Hey man, what's going on with this? I ain't got paid. It's been a couple of weeks, you know, well, it's probably going to be six or eight weeks. Man, it's been like four days. The more hands yeah. it has to go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's well. definitely Where's certain going to take. Yeah. We're used to that rapid return thing, you know, we're, and we're living in an instant <laughs> society. And, and there are some of us who, when we started, we were on platforms where you completed a job and you got paid for it in 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so that's part of it. You know, sure. that, that, is is you know what we were just talking about that that kind of gives me a good segue of why you should not slack on auditions marketing 
whatever you're doing. And because when you never know, you know, you might be like, bam, I got this $5,000 job. Well, in your mind, you're like, dude, I got this like big nest egg, like, bam, I get like, it's almost like a little <laughs> bonus that's going to float me through the month. Well, the thing is, honestly, you're probably not going to get it for two months. You, who knows? It might be three mm-hmm. months. Who knows? It might be a month. Um, and it's kind of like that. I don't know that safety feeling like when the pandemic yep. was happening, like everybody was buying toilet paper, like for what? <laughs> I don't know, but I have a whole room full of it and I just feel safe. Like I'm, I can breathe, you know? And the thing is you get, you get a job or you have a couple jobs, um, that, that it's going to come out to, you know, a good amount of money and you get this secure safety feeling for a second. And yep. I've found myself maybe not auditioning as much right. as I normally do mm. or not really, you know, scrambling and grinding as hard as I usually do. And the yeah. the thing, is, what, what's the saying? It's like in voiceover, you do the job now, but you get paid the next month or, you know, there's some saying yeah. like that. And it's, and that's the thing. I think that's like the short, the short version of that. And it's also the, the long version is you might be you might be rocking and rolling right now, but in the next two months, you know, it might not be the rocking and rolling that you were doing. So you got to keep that tenacity up yes. in the business because it's your business. Right. And that's right. why it's right. sometimes it's, you, you, you know, you want to relax, but you can't, you can't become lackadaisical, right? You can't just be like, yep. Oh, well I got that big thing coming. Well, who knows what will happen to that? It's and about knows, momentum. Yeah. Right. It's about momentum. And just because you've accomplished one job or maybe hit one big one that you want to hit, don't stop the momentum mm-hmm. because that'll, that'll end your career, right? That'll mm-hmm. end next month. You don't want to sacrifice next month because you had one good month. So, yeah. yeah. You got to keep the momentum going. And it's not just the auditions. I will add, it's all the marketing as well. Mm-hmm. You know, audition is a form of marketing. Mm-hmm. But you want to keep sending those emails, keep making those phone calls, keep finding new leads and keep pursuing that because that is the job. Yeah, you're we, always we replacing are the product. The, the job is selling the product. And you're always replacing somebody that's going to leave. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Always got to be prepared to replace them. The, what I fall into, what I have to watch is, you know, having a farm and especially during the summer or the spring and the fall. There are certain things you have to do every year. You're trying to get hay in. You're trying to do this, trying to do that. And you think, well, you know, I had that job last week. I'll be okay for a couple of days. You know, if I miss a couple of days, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're out here putting up fence or you're out here doing something else or it's like, yeah, let's, hey, yeah, honey, let's hook up a horse trailer and go ride for a couple of days. You know, I have to watch that. That is my biggest temptation. It's not really slowing down on the business stuff. It's just saying, I'm getting out of here for a couple of days. And sometimes you do need to get out for a day or so. Um, I find that a lot of times if I'll knock off either for the morning or for the afternoon, one or the other, but I have to come back and go twice as hard on that other half of the day. Yeah. And, and if I'll dedicate myself to that, then I don't come back feeling guilty because if I come back feeling guilty that I took the time off, I'll actually work less. I'll actually procrastinate and procrastinate and go off in a rabbit hole on YouTube or something and not really do a lot of work. And then I'll say, well, I'm not worried about it. I booked so-and-so last, mm-hmm. last week and it'll be coming in next month. And, you know, it is an easy trap to fall into, you know, and now 
I'm not going to say some people can't do that because they may be booking the types of jobs that would carry you a lot longer and they may have the rep- uh, repetitive thing of where they have certain clients, they are booking enough of that. They don't have to worry about it as much. But if you're in the middle class, like we are, you got to hustle all the time. I mean, there's no slowdowns ever. Yeah. And I think that if you, if you think about it, let's say you're, you're, you know, you're chugging along, right? You're getting work, you're doing, you're doing what your coaches tell you to do on your auditions and, you know, and you're using those, those techniques and you're doing all this stuff and things great. And then let's say you lax off a little bit. And then now you're thinking, oh shoot, like I didn't make so, I I didn't make so much this month, or I'm not going to make as much this month. So now I'm just going to pound the auditions or I'm going to pound that marketing. But I think you know, I mean, we're always in our head, right? We're always yep. in our head. And yep. if you, now you have the pressure of, I, I messed around and I, you know, uh, dinked around and I didn't get new jobs coming in. So now I'm going to double down, triple down and do these auditions. Yeah. Well, guess what? Yeah. That's sitting in your brain and you're probably not going to do as well yeah. Of using the techniques yep. that you did, thinking about what you're supposed to do instead of like, I need to blast out these, I need to blast right. out these auditions so I can pick up some more momentum again. Right. And now you're not putting out the quality uh, in your voice right. and your acting uh, that you would be. And guess mm-hmm. what? Now you've done all these auditions and maybe you didn't get. They're terrible. Yeah. You didn't get jobs for them. Two weeks ago, Jen Henry said the, the exact same very, thing. Yep, that they much. will hear the desperation in your voice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's very true. They will. Desperation I mean, does not sound. whatever you're going through will come out in that audition. Yeah. You know, I've, I've noticed that if there's something has happened and I got to come in here and do that, it's better for me to walk away and, and get my head cleared up. And get more focused on what I'm going to do and just say, all right, all that happened. I got to clear that out. I got to come in here and be me. Mm-hmm. I got to relax. I got to be me, you know, and try to back your way out and come back in. And it's hard to do sometimes. It's hard to drop all of that out of your head. But if you don't, it's either desperation comes through or you're, you know, maybe something happened you're mad about. And that some of that little heart, uh, anger or whatever mm-hmm. can come through. Mm-hmm. There's Maybe no that's... way I could have recorded anything Monday morning because I was so mad at that car dealership. <laughs> I knew they had done something to the financing on my car. Right. And yeah. I was correct. When I got there, they had slipped in a $3,000 extended warranty and did not explain to me it was in there. Hmm. And I, and I knew something was wrong. And when I got there and they showed, you know, yeah, yeah, we put that in there. We talked about it. No, we did not. And there's no way on Monday I could have auditioned for anything that morning until I resolved that and came home and I was relieved because that that frustration would have been in my my read, I'm sure. Well, maybe unless you can it, turn a negative into a positive, right? Yeah. I'm unless, wondering yeah. maybe now now that you're saying all this, maybe that's why I won the tired Santa job last week because <laughs> <laughs> I was really tired. I wasn't acting was easier. So maybe yeah. Troy, maybe you needed an anger. You need to find the yeah. anger reads and yeah, we're the, the angry that consumer, the angry who sold me the warranty. <laughs> that twenty-seven second car ad that was fifteen seconds. That would have been great for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or That's the Tasmanian right. devil, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was called friendly yeah, Ford. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I couldn't be friendly and angry. 
Well, well, as we try to keep up our momentum, what do you guys usually do in in uh, late late end of the year, November, December? We're coming up on holidays. We've all done this for a few years now. So, what is your trend? Last year, I had a pretty good November and December, yep. but I think it was because I held momentum. It wasn't necessarily seasonal stuff that I was picking up. Hmm. Yeah, about this time I start to panic. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's just, I noticed that last year, especially as far as marketing goes, I mean, come like December 15th, you pretty much should have your marketing turned off for the rest, for yeah, the rest of the so year. Too. I mean, mm-hmm. auditions are still going to come in and maybe you might book something from my experience. Again, I think my first year in voiceover, uh, and I'm counting while I was working at my other job at the time, I mean, like, I had a good end of the year. I had a great November because it was an election season, so I, had, I really had a great October um, because I was doing a bunch of random stuff for, you know, election stuff and encouraging people to vote. But, I mean, the last couple of years, I mean, it just slows down. I mean, there are, like, there is a lot more, like, some commercial stuff picks up because people are getting ready for the holiday stuff and they're getting ready for, like, the beginning of the year stuff and whatnot. But, I mean, commercial stuff's, like, the most competitive stuff out there. So, auditions are good, but bookings yeah. are better if you can get yeah. them. Um, yeah, like bookings. But, but other than that, I mean, like, I might I might look at my marketing and see if there's anything I want to try to target as far as, like, hey, it's a new year. Let's get together and make magic. I don't know, something like that. But maybe, but you really don't have to, depending on how you market. But yeah, yeah, I agree on the marketing. You're definitely gonna turn the switch off. Yeah, yeah. middle of December, and same for me. Last year, December was my biggest month. Hmm. Um, uh, and then was it Christmas I, related? I, I don't remember. I would have to look back at my my ledger and see. But I know one of the things that's, that spurned it was the fact that I was doing a restaurant chain that was doing a lot of promotions in November and December because they were doing, you know, in, in October, they were ordering and finishing up or in November, early November, they were doing the Thanksgiving stuff. And then at, before Thanksgiving, they were doing the Christmas stuff. And then at the early December, they went ahead and did the New Year stuff. And they could have paid for all of it before the year end, like paid for all three in December. That could have been why but it was a really good month, but I'm with you on the marketing. I think, you know, somewhere around the middle of the month, cut it off. Nobody's paying attention to that, you know, too much else going on. Um, I hear a lot of people that have been doing this even longer say this last quarter is usually their busiest three months because of the holidays, Mm -hmm. but there's gotta be, you know, it's gotta come to a stop somewhere. And you'd think middle of December because the holiday ads should be, kind of done but on the other hand if you're heavy in commercial they're going to be doing a lot of stuff of after christmas sales new year's so it's going to continue if you're doing a lot of that i had a black friday job come in today so i mean we're in that season it's time for sure for sure and then if you've got companies that you know some companies fiscal year ends in weird months some that's true june some weird months but some do go by the calendar year and they may be having employees are renewing health insurance so if you're in that type of stuff and they're going over new benefits and new enrollments and things and there's you know e-learning and corporate narration for a lot of that um i'm sure there's a ton of that that goes on at the Mm -hmm. end of the year as well yeah and you're i mean political's huge Um, it's, it's ramping up. I've done, I did a, a lot of, uh, political ads last month. Um, and I've done one already this month and I'm actually 
creating a uh, political demo with JMC this month also. Yep. And yep. That, that's, that's that, good on you because it, it will, it's time. And, and, you know, we really got to market those things early next year because I'm sure by spring and summer, it's going to be wide open. Oh, it's going to be mean, in full swing. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be big. Yeah, for sure. Interesting to see what will happen. Yeah. As we get into the end of the year. So I guess kind of tying in like the stresses of the end of the year or the, the stresses of, uh, the ups and downs of the finances in, uh, in, in our business. Like, what do you guys do to kind of keep up with your mental health or like the health of your business and even your physical health? Man, I started going to the gym again back in August. Um, and yeah, I just, um, that's definitely something for my physical health. But honestly, like working out and stuff like that is good for your mental health too. Um, so I also get out and play disc golf. I go out and touch grass as they, as the kids say. Um, so, <laughs> you know, mm. that's good to do. And that it's just getting out of the booth, getting out of your office, getting out of whatever, like is, is imperative to, to make sure that your mental health is taken care of and whatever that looks like for you. I mean, take a walk, go get out and involved in extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. Um, but also just having the support of uh, my girlfriend, you know what I mean? Like she's, she's def, she definitely brings me some, you know, mental relief too, because it's good to have a support system. It doesn't necessarily have to be a significant other. It could be your friend group, could be other members of your family and whatnot. But I know at least, for me anyway, like having her support is definitely encouraging. And, uh, it is, it's definitely helped me a lot when I've been down, I've been, and I have been down, you know? So, yeah. 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 It can be tough. You've got to have that, that mental health team, you know, yeah. like, like Jake's talking about. My wife is excellent about that. Um, and, and really oddly her whole family, other than one person, they're very supportive of, of this type of thing. They really are always asking, <clears throat> you know, what have you done lately? Tell me some of the stuff. You know, they're fascinated by it because this is something they've never been around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it fascinates them. So it makes me feel better being able to talk about it in a positive way to people that don't know much about it. It makes me feel like, yeah, this is important what I do. It is. Re and I know it's rewarding. But sometimes you think, well, it's not like a real job. I used to do this and this, and now I just do this. I don't even have <laughs> a lot of responsibilities anymore, you know, but it's better. Physically, I have been terrible this year, but I have gotten better here at the end of the year, and I'll continue to do better with that. And, and then the business-wise, I think it's just all in trying to make sure you spend – whether it's an hour a day or 30 minutes or two hours a week, whatever you do, promoting and pushing yourself and your business, whether it's on social media, whether it's email or whether it's, you know, local or whatever. Mm -hmm. One of the things that helps me is doing this local podcast. I get hardly any return out of it, but there is a, a business health thing that it, it makes me look like a local business. People see me as a business here locally. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I've got client. I have book clients off of it that I do radio spots for. I have been asked to come do public things and, you know, at, at people's dinners and things where I would speak or introduce people and things. And I never charge for that, but it, it helps promote as a business. And I thought, you know, if I were in a town like Atlanta or a larger town, it would have more of an impact, but there's nothing wrong with it having an impact on a small town. Right. Know? Sure. So, you know, you can, you can nurture your business like that and keep your business going. Um, and then I think the other thing is you've got to look at where you're at with all these platforms. Are you wasting your time? Are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Are you doing that? And the same thing with Facebook groups. I think I dropped out of 10 or 12 Facebook groups lately because I have passed where they are. You do, I don't need to be hanging in, in a ton of groups that have people trying to get into VO because I want to help them. I've got a bad habit. I want to answer. I want to help them. But I can't. It's too much. And so you have to you have to draw lines there on your business health because that will also affect your mental health. Yep. So it's, it's a tough game. To it play. will 100%. And then especially yep. if you get trapped in some drama. Or you, yeah. you get, you know, now you're, now you're a part of this snowball of this thing happening and then it, it, it eats up your day. It, like you said, it affects your, your mental, uh, where, where you are is in the day and yeah. that ultimately affects your work. You know, yeah, you're, you you're almost recording. have to, you almost have to pick, and I don't know a, a good way to say this. You almost have to pick a team that you're going to stick with in VO. And there's a lot of teams out there. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, this one, that one, this one, that one. And and there are quote unquote leaders of those teams, whether they know they're their leader or not. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And some of these are unknown people and some are known people. And you have to kind of pick which teams that you're affiliated with and what you're doing, because if you're not careful, your business health will commit suicide because you'll be associated with some things you don't need to be associated with. Mm -hmm. So be very careful with that. Yeah. It's, and it's, I mean, that's it's dangerous. That's I mean, that's just being smart with your business. It doesn't matter if it's VO or not. You know what I mean? You don't want to associate yourself mm -hmm. with other things that end up being a detriment to your business anyway. For sure. Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm in the vein that I have to not think about the business for my mental health. I got to take a complete break and, you know, I do go out and play disc golf. I try to maintain healthy friendships and, and uh, try to participate in my church and, and take care of my spiritual side. And, and that all, all of that feeds helping keep my mental and physical and spiritual side on an even keel because mm -hmm. there can be a lot of discouragement in, oh, yeah. in right. building your own business and in voiceover. A lot right. of rejection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, so it's funny because I called Alden, what, a couple weeks ago and he yeah. was like, hey, jump on a call real quick. And, and he was out playing disc golf. So he jumped on a uh, FaceTime and he sat on a bench and it was, it was pretty nice just talking to him and he was like out in the open and, yep. and it, it, it felt good for me. It was almost like I was there. And then <laughs> yeah. Alden was like, yeah. you know, Jake plays disc golf also. And your neighbors. And I was like, yeah. what? And like, we're right by each other. So then I, I'm like that kid that's like, oh, let me show you what I got. So I like ran out to the garage, dusted off my disc golf bag. Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. <laughs> and I brought it over Forgot and I was like, that. I got this one. And you're like, oh, that's a good brand. And I was like, I got this one. And he's like, yep, that's a good one. And I was like, I Dude, got this one. He's like, up. I don't we know that We will go one. disc golfing. I know. I, but that's the thing. Like, I don't know how to disc golf. That was just given to me. Like the, the spare leftover old 
uh, discs because my friends are like big disc golfers. And you got a I've, park like, next to you or anything like that? Yeah. TCC. Okay. Has then hit me up and we park. will go and I, I'll just cover We'll just cover some basics of throwing and whatnot. Yeah. I'm down. There you go. I'm down. There you go. Um, you can learn baby. how to shovel horse turds. Come to my house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really easy. Well, if you ever want to go off roading in a jeep, that's me. We'll we'll go. There you go. Or, or shoot guns or something. You and I need, need to go fishing though, too, don't we? Uh, yes, we do. Yeah, we definitely need to go fishing. I love fishing. Well, that's one thing I've never, you know, and and being a southern boy, everybody's like, really? And you have a you pond fish, too. right? And I'm like, no. Now I target shoot. I like to target shoot, but I've never been, I used to rabbit hunt when I was a kid and do a little bird hunting, but it was one of those things. My dad didn't do it a ton. I didn't have relatives that did it a ton. So I didn't get into it. And Mm. and I was always too busy playing baseball and and this, that, and the other. And then as I got older and got into music, I was too busy playing music and, and, you know, I didn't want to do all that other stuff. It's still, you know, I'm not totally anti fishing and hunting at all. I love it, you know, but It's just something I didn't get into and didn't get a lot of knowledge of. Had I grown up with it, I probably would have done it. I like well, I like fi- I like fishing because it's that time. Like usually, you're you're out early 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 in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. Or There's right some, before dusk. Yeah, or, or right before dusk. Yeah, and it's just that time where it's super quiet, mm-hmm. and you can just it, like honestly for me when I go fishing, if I don't catch something. I'm not like, man, I got skunked and, you know, this is stupid. I just like casting and trolling and just, and if I don't catch anything, it's like, I'm okay because I'm out in nature and it's so quiet and the water's nice and it's just like that little quiet time that you get. Yeah. And if, Hey, if you catch a fish, that's just a bonus. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I have, I have friends that go horseback riding. Yeah. That's what I love about horseback riding. Get off, and especially during the week, we'll we'll go somewhere and and pull in. There'll be maybe one other truck and trailer there because nobody can go during the week. They're mm-hmm. all piling in there on the weekend, so mm-hmm. we go during the week and get off in the woods. Quiet, you know, it's great. And we used to do that on a Harley, but I tell you, traffic and drivers and all have gotten so scary lately. People don't really watch the the bikes like they yeah. used to. Mm. And we had a couple near misses and just decided maybe we need to stop doing this. Yeah. You know, so, but I, I would love to get back to, to riding the bike. I mean, that's, that's a thing too. Just two of you on the bike out on, out in the country on a little highway somewhere. And it's, you know, man, you can just forget the world when you're doing that. Just mm-hmm. looking around in nature. It's great. I think that's why I like driving my Jeep so much. Probably. Doors so. and top off. It kind of feels like a bike. You yeah. Know, you just no like, different. you smell the no air. Wind in your hair. Yeah. Yeah. Will wind yeah. in my hairs that I have left. <laughs> and when you get back in the studio, your auditions sound different. Yeah. They just I'm sound like, cool. What's up, man? They sound different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you mentioned at the top of the thing, you're talking about coaches and multiple coaches and one coach or mm-hmm. whatever. What's what's your approach on your technique right now, Charles? Man, I I have a really good story about that. Um, you know, there's there's people that are like, man, you shouldn't hop around with different coaches because you're never really going to cling on to one thing or not. And some people are like, you should jump around because you're going to learn more and this and that. Um, so I think coaches number one need to be selected for a specific reason, right? Like why why are you hiring this coach, right? number one, have you vetted them? What did you hear about them? What's their specialty? What are they good at? And then that's why I'm going with that coach. Mm 
right? Like I went with Brad Highland because I wanted to get more shortlists and I wanted to win auditions on pay to play platforms. That's pretty specific, right? And I coached with him and that's what I'm doing. Like it's working. And not that, I mean, Brad has a plethora of knowledge and a lot of other stuff, but specifically that's what I went to Brad for, for my need at that time. Right. And so I, I've been doing a lot of other little workshops, paid workshops. I did one with Portia Scott for character animation. I learned a ton of stuff in there. She's, she's a great director and coach, especially live. And just makes you think about different things, which I've used this week in non-animation character stuff. Right. Um, and so there was a, there was a session that I did with Tim Freelander and he was talking about, um, your diaphragmatic voice. Right. And you know, you've heard here and there, okay, some, sometimes you're going to be talking from here. You're gonna be talking from your chest. You're gonna be talking from your diaphragm. Right. And I've heard that from a lot of different coaches and just the way he explained things really connected with me. And the way he described it was, and he was actually coaching somebody else that had done a read in that workshop. And he's like, so to, to breathe, to, you know, speak from your diaphragm, to use the air that's, you know, use your diaphragm to push that air instead of like trying to squeak it out through your chest and squeeze, you know, um, he's like, don't now I want you to breathe in really slow through your nose. He was telling her. And, but I do not want your chest or your shoulders to move. And I want you to just breathe in through your nose and fill up your tummy like it's a basketball. Mm. Right. And, and so, you know, she, he's coaching her and I'm doing it as, you know, everybody, everybody else probably was too. And I was like, didn't, didn't move my shoulders, didn't move everything, but now I have all this air that's, you know, pushing out my belly. And he's like, now when you talk, use that air to, you know, basically deflate that basketball and let it push the air out. And the crazy part was I did it and I was able to consistently hit this sound that I make, that I try to make when I speak, especially at the ends of words that makes my voice do this little thing that I like. Um, and I was like, <laughs> They were, they were coaching in the, in the little windows, right? Cause it was a, it was a online session. <laughs> you could see me in the, in the back, like I'm on mute and I'm, and I'm in the little square and I'm probably like, what, what? Like, this is like a breakthrough for me. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't consistently get that sound that I wanted, but because I now knew how to breathe with my diaphragm and speak and use that air, I could consistently do it. And the thing is, I've heard it from other people. I've heard it from other coaches. I've heard it from other uh, seminars and sessions and, and classes, but nobody really ever described that particular thing the way he did. And it, and it connected with me and I understood it. And that's why I think it's valuable to have different coaches because it's kind of like, well, your dad told you to do this. Your mom told you to do this. Your, you know, grandpa told you to do this, but you never did it. But your friend told you how to do it. And he was like, well, <laughs> yeah. I know how to do it now. It's like, well, you were told four other ways, you know, by four <laughs> other people. And, and I think, Good that's, point. yeah. And I think that's where it comes in because it, that, that particular thing connected with me and I learned something, even though I've heard yeah. it since yeah. I've started, you know? 
that and that ties into something Jake and I talked about uh, about authenticity. There's a ton of people teaching authenticity, mm-hmm. and I have been to several different coaches for that, but only one, as you said, made me realize how to find it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. one helped me immensely as far as trying to take out the the false whatever, mm-hmm. but it took another one that said, here's how you get to there. Here's how you back up and get there. Mm-hmm. And it took that because the backing up part was the part no one had explained to me. You've got to go way behind when this happened and you've got to build up to when this, this script happens. And it made sense to me then because, and then when they started talking about point of views, you know, or, you know, would you read a, a medical thing or something about cancer, about a hospital, a lot of times you don't know the perspective. It doesn't tell you. Sometimes it will tell you in the audition that you are a family member or you are this or that, but sometimes it doesn't. Then you you have to make that choice. Am I the uh, director of the hospital? Am I a doctor? Am mm. I a family member? Or am I the person who survived cancer? Mm. And you've got to pick that point of view. And then it becomes very authentic because it's not only, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a guy talking to his friend about it. Mm. No. How specific is it going to get? And certain coaches get you there. I I have a belief that if you go to, let's say you've gone to six coaches, you're going to take one piece of all six and build your own method to get you where you need to go. And that's why I like having, or I I like having worked with different people because I'll pull something different. Like you said, this one could teach me that, but I didn't get it. This one taught me that and I got it. Mm -hmm. And you might've got something else. You know, that that first one yes. taught, that that second one yes. wouldn't have been able to get across to you clearly yeah, or in a way exactly. that it clicked with you. And I, and I still have holes to fill. I still have things that I want to learn or understand better, mm-hmm. but that'll come later, you know, as I work with other people, because I haven't been able to pull that from where I've worked, people I've worked with so far. Mm-hmm. Right. right. It'll come. It'll come. And I, and I think that takes several years to build your method and your thing of what you're doing. And that's what makes a good coach down the road. You know, that's why those people can coach. They have been coached by very good people and develop their own way. And now they're sharing that way mm-hmm. and it works, you know, some of it works for you. Some of it work, works better for this person or that person. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's as diverse as what we talked about when we started the podcast. It's as diverse as it is the way people run their business. Mm-hmm. It's no different. Yep. It takes all kinds, all things. Yep. I would agree. Oh, yeah. <sighs> We've done it, guys. We've almost pushed 50 minutes. Yikes. It doesn't yeah, take much. Hold on much. for nine I mean, seconds, and then we will be at 50 minutes. That was fast with Charles, doesn't yeah. it? doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. Always goes fast when, we're ha- when you're having a good time talking about things you know nothing about. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wait, y'all yeah, were but, having a good time? No, but Jake, uh, you and I, we need to go disc golf. Yeah, dude, hit me. Like I said, like if you got like a if you got an open park or something next to you, then like yeah. let's meet up and we can go over the basics of throwing the disc because it's not like throwing a frisbee. Um, and plus, I mean, I can look at your setup, you know, as far as what you got and whatnot. And you you really don't need much to get started. Um, I have enough to yeah, get started. Right, that. What's that? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, all, the, yeah, all, all my stuff. I have enough to get started. A, you need a putter and you need a 
fairway driver. That's yeah, it. I got like six or seven discs in that little. That's bag. perfect, man. I probably use only about. I mean, I have probably on me like as far as when I go out, I probably have like twenty three discs on me, and I probably only <laughs> use about six or seven of them. You know what I mean? That sounds like me when I go fishing. <laughs> I'm like, do I really need all twelve rods? Yeah, probably. Yeah, but yeah. Fish, you know, know, and then you fish with one main one, and then you day, leave like right? this bobber sitting over there by itself. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember when we were we were younger? They had the Popeels pocket fisherman. You remember that thing? You could put it in your in your glove box. Oh, and you can and the little arm, the little arm. No, a little arm. Just fold it up straight. Oh, and and uh, yeah, and it'd show the guy, you know, casting and fishing and catching. Uncle like had one. Of my brother had one of those things, and uh, it was that. the biggest piece of junk. <laughs> I saw. I used to have a uh, telescopic rod, and you could just you would yeah, yeah you I've just put it in my backpack and yeah. along with everything else, and you just roll with that. But I mean, like I've caught whoppers on that thing, and I'm not yeah. talking about the candy. I think it was oh, a day this on thing was maybe a foot feed. long. Yeah, Dang. on my Instagram feed, this guy had a it was a reel, and he had his casting was a like a, a slingshot. slingshot. Like a slingshot. Yeah, I've, seen yeah. that. I've seen that on TikTok. I'm like, oh, okay, that's wow. kind of cool. <laughs> or the dudes that fish with drones. Ooh. Yeah. I, don't know, yeah, I I get into weird, uh, <clears throat> weird little tunnels on uh, on YouTube. Don't it is so all. easy to get caught up on random thing. I've gotten caught up on fishing stuff, disc golf stuff, all poker stuff, gambling stuff, just on YouTube alone. And like next thing yeah. you know, it's like I've been looking at stuff for two hours. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no kidding. Yeah. One of my few um, purchases to info from an infomercial was uh, was uh, fishing tackle. <laughs> Really? Was yeah. it the flying? Was it the the flying? No, the banjo. The, no. What was that? There was like a there was like a guy, a Japanese guy, and he was talking about the banjo mini minnow flying lure. And I remember watching that thing so intently. I'm like, I have to get these. It wasn't these that. Things. It wasn't that. It was uh, something. It was back in the '90s. Ah. Uh, mm. Okay, last mm. last really quick fishing story <laughs> before we go. But I remember <laughs> the very first fishing rod I ever had when I was a kid was a Snoopy fishing rod from Ace Hardware in Chillicothe, Illinois, right? Behind my grandma's house is the Illinois River. There's a big grain silo where barges would come up, and there was this, like, rocky sandbar. So I don't know how to fish. I think I'm awesome because I have this Snoopy fishing rod, right? Well, you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I have a worm on there. I don't know how to cast. And I literally throw the entire thing out of my hand into the water the very first cast. I'm crying. <laughs> I'm like six, right? I'm crying all the way back to my grandma's house. Right? So it was probably two years later. My cousin and I were fishing at that same spot. I snagged on a rock and I was like, oh, shoot. So, you know, you're just pulling and pulling until you're going to snap the line. And I was pulling and pulling, then oop, it gave way. I was like, oh, okay, good. I got unsnagged. I pulled up. I swear, strike me down in this booth. I pulled up that uh, Snoopy fishing rod that was mine from two years before. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's like, amazing. What? I was like, this is my fishing rod. And your luck now, hasn't now, changed. For this to <laughs> truly be a fish story, that Snoopy rod. Had yeah. a fish on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It had it had a fish that the, bones the same of a fish, fish that I caught two years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. It had just survived on there and it lived its life yeah. at the end of that fish, Snoopy <laughs> fishing. Great. You That's know what? Great. This this actually is a nice little segue to end things real quick. As I mentioned in the last episode, guys, we kind of want to do an ask me anything, and you can ask yeah. questions that lead to stories like that. 
to us, and you can even include Charles. If you include Charles in this, we'll have him back on the podcast too. Yeah. You can ask questions at anothervopodcast at gmail.com. If we get enough, like I said, my goal is like five to 10 questions. If we can get some of those, we will make an episode dedicated to these questions. And they don't have to be voiceover related. They could be, tell us a crazy fishing story, Charles, and then he'll tell yes. you. <laughs> but anyway, no. I mean, that, that's, that's what don't you could forget, do. forget, coming up. What's that? Uh, coming up soon. J. Michael Collins, Brad what? Highland, oh, Tom right. Antonellis. Oh, wow. All coming up soon. Nice. We got so, some. Uh, and, uh, you know, hang with us. That's over the next few months. Wait, We're going to spread them right? out. And Mike uh, Hathcote. Mike, Mike Hathcote. Mike yeah. Hathcote. Right. I almost forgot about Mike. Nice. We're yeah. actually talking to him this week. So you'll have so, two J. Michaels uh, yeah. on, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Dude, that's crazy. That's a good man. lineup. We're going to have some lineup. good people. Like, guys, tune in before the end of this. Christmas has come early. On another VO podcast. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Interviews oh, all through oh, the holidays. Oh, nice. Oh, oh. All right. Well, Charles, you let us in. Why don't you send us out? All right, everybody. This has been another VO podcast. Uh, catch us on the next episode, and we'll see you around. Go record something. See ya. Let's yeah, see boy. You've been listening to It's Another VO Podcast. I'm Alden Schinnerberg. And I'm Jake the Snake. No, you are not. Settle down. All right, all right, all right. I'm Jake Sanders. And I'm Troy Holden. Join us weekly as we spill the beans about our challenges being full-time struggling voice actors. Yeah, and by the way, my girlfriend says you two better get it together because she doesn't want me carrying you two on this podcast. Sayeth the voiceover rookie himself, but be sure and join us on the next episode because I guarantee it, Jake will do something worth hearing. And what do you mean by that? No, really. What does that mean? Dude, dude, let it go. It's all right. It's all right. Hey, where are you guys going? Hey, don't you kill the feed. Don't you dare kill the feed. Hey, where, where are you going, Alden? Troy, what are you... Are you... Come back! <laughs>